Welcome to Somebody You Love. Or the sale of two titties. I'm Jenna Love. And I'm Holly Hart. And we're experts in disappointing our parents, breaching community guidelines, and banging the people who vote against our rights. Before we get stuck into today's show, we would like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land on which we are recording. I am on the beautiful land of the Darug and Gundungada peoples, and Holly is on the land of the Ngunnawal people. Equally beautiful. Sovereignty was never ceded, and this always was and always will be Aboriginal land. We would also like to acknowledge that as white cis women, we are presented with a range of privileges in life and obviously within this industry. And we can't speak on behalf of workers who face discrimination and who are at the margins. So today we are talking about pseudonyms. And I feel like this is arguably the only opportunity that I will get to throw a Shakespeare quote in. So, you know, that which we call a rose by any other name would smell as sweet. So that's sort of, that's what we're talking about. Basically, whatever our names are, we're just as sweet. So earlier this week, we posted some questions on Instagram about this topic just to get a little bit of a a vibe of what the zeitgeist around it is. So questions we asked were, number one, why are clients so obsessed with finding out our real names? Number two, what should somebody do if they come across a sex worker's real name? And number three, what are other examples of people using more than one name? So some answers to why are clients so obsessed with finding out our real names? Do you find that that is something that that is a prized concept for a lot of people? I think a lot of clients that I meet now try to really downplay it. I think they secretly are a little bit chuffed when they do know or they think it's a little bit titillating, but they try, I think all of my clients try so hard to be the best they can be. And so they really are like, no, you know, no, I don't, I don't, don't know anything about that. You know, they're really being sweet, (laughs) but particularly in my brothel days or stripper days or baby hoe private days, I think that was something that I uh, definitely experienced a lot. I think people, yeah, were definitely a lot more curious. What do you think? Yeah, you're right. I hadn't actually thought about that, but I I agree that when I was working in a brothel, it was much more common that people, yeah, people wanted to know my real name. And yeah, when I was sort of, I don't want to sound like a wanker, but when I was less well known, then there was more of an interest in it. Whereas I guess now people just accept that I'm Jenna. But yeah, it's, there's definitely a bit of an obsession there. But So some of our Instagram answers are, I think that it makes them feel like they're special or the real name will be key to our real selves because they want to be the one, the special one that we have shared it with. So they, this person said they want validation that they are special because if they weren't, then we wouldn't be telling them the real name. Somebody said, I think that they assume they're getting an exclusive bit of info about us. One sex worker said that they're hoping that we'll reward them with a freebie, which I think is a really interesting concept because if the idea is that if they find out our real name, that we'll be more generous. Or so, I mean, if anything, I would say the opposite is true. Yeah, cut you off. You're gone. That's going to make us yeah. run in the other direction. Yeah, it makes me very uncomfortable. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then we had a whole bunch of workers who responded saying that they are prepared with a fake real name. Mm. And somebody said that their contract as a stripper, I know this person works in New Zealand, so mm. they, uh, I don't believe we have contracts oh, here for strippers yeah. as far as you I know. Sign a contract. Oh, we do. Pretty much every oh. club you have a oh. big contract about. And that was where we had at my club, you know, that you can't sleep with patrons and that you can't grind on a customer's lap when you do a lap yeah, dance. Right. You have to hover okay. above it and yeah. you can't perform simulated sex acts. So, yeah, that's that's a thing. Right. But we So strip clubs are slightly more legit than brothels oh, then? It depends how you define legit. <laughs> 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 because yeah. those contracts would... Well, there's something in writing mm. that you exist. Yeah, they, they would not right? be legal binding that's for sure fair enough yeah yeah <laughs> anyway she said that her contract specify uh, suggests having a fake yeah. real name we didn't have that in our contract when I was a dancer but a lot of us did have fake real names because your stripper names also tend mm. to be more outlandish you know you've got like trouble and charisma yeah. and cinnamon performance and, name. Yeah, yeah yeah so yeah, yeah. and I, I do I think that's very amusing those of us who have social media in our personal lives it's pretty common practice to have that in a fake name so it's always funny when clients think they've caught you out mm. and they're like oh I found your name and you're like 
okay, you found the fake name that I put out there to be found. Congratulations! Like, and it's, yeah, I, I mean, that's kind of amusing. So I think that's something that's worth keeping in mind. Just because someone tells you their real name, I mean, who who's to say what a real name is? Mm. And this is the thing, right? We're not the only people who have stage names or who who go by a different name to what our legal name is, right? Obviously, there are a range of, of situations in life that you use different names, but um, particularly celebrities or performers, you know, in, in drag or, you know, with artist names and things like that, or personas, a lot of even celebrities have a, like several personas that they might perform as. And uh, it's just super common. That's what you recognize them as. And that's who you relate to as an artist. Yeah. And I think even um, like celebrities is is a big one. And mm. I think that that's really commonly accepted as normal. And, you know, there's a lot of like somebody, the example I was thinking of for somebody like Pink or Lady Gaga, like they're clearly stage names and their legal names or their real name, whatever, it may not even be their legal names. I don't know. But that doesn't like that information is out there. It's very easy to come across that. It's very easy to Google what is their real name. But that doesn't mean, what does that mean? I don't think there's the same obsession with needing to know that because if I look at Lady Gaga, I think of her as Lady Gaga. I don't need to think of her as, I don't need to know her real name. And that doesn't give, like, it doesn't change who she is. That doesn't give me anything extra. And I'm happy to just know her as who she wants to be known by. And I think that's, I th- I mean, I'm sure they they deal with many a stalker themselves, but I think that generally people are quite okay with that concept. But aside from celebrities, there's also so many people that go by names that are different to their real names. So we did ask this on Instagram and some of the suggestions were people who um, have been married, so people who have changed their name because they've, they've gotten married and they've taken on their partner's name anybody that's famous, basically, people who might want distance from their family. I know of a number of people who have changed their names so that they don't have the same name as a family member who has been abusive or something like that. Trans people, uh, particularly if, you know, their legal name may actually be their dead name and their, their chosen name is not what's written on the legal record yet or maybe they're never going to bother changing it. Uh, people who are in witness protection, obviously, this person said spies. I don't know how many spies there are still out amongst among us, but I guess that's the whole point, isn't it? There might be heaps of them. I don't know. Doctors. Somebody said doctors, and I actually know tangentially of a doctor who uses their maiden name to practice because that was the name that they had established in the industry, and then they got married and they did change their name, but they use a different name to practice under. So mm-hmm. that is a legit thing. I know that of lawyers as well. Oh, lawyers, yeah. Yeah, they build the reputation and they, they stick with that name, yeah, for their career. Somebody said, my real name is not the one that I use every day. Barely anyone knows my real name. One of my boyfriends actually is not known by his real name. And I didn't find out his real, quote unquote, or his legal name until like a good year into us dating, which I don't know if that sounds strange to people, but no one calls him that. Like his parents don't call him that. Like no one since birth. He's That's never been He's never been called that. So it is what he, – he always jokes that the only person who calls him that is the dude from the bank because that's just not – like he doesn't think of that as his name. So he goes by his middle name and he doesn't identify with what his legal name is. And I remember when I found out, I was like, what? Who is this person? <laughs> and he was like, oh, yeah, that's actually my legal name. <laughs> I was like, what? But, I mean, that didn't change anything for us. I didn't go, oh, my God. God, you've been lying to me. Like it, it just, it was like, okay, cool. You have a different basic boring white male name. <laughs> like, okay, <laughs> you know, it's just really not, not that big of a deal. And actually my mum has sort of two names and she didn't know her legal name until she was an adult. And when she went to, she went to the, like the registry office to get a birth certificate when she was an adult and they couldn't find anybody by her name that was born on her birth date. Um, and she was like, no, I was definitely, I'm pretty sure I was born then and in Sydney, you know. And they were like, you're not on the record. And she was like, oh, that's interesting. 
And then they, they did some searching and they said, oh, we do have a blah, blah born on that date. And her first name was actually her middle name. And so she had, there was this entire name that she didn't know she had because her mum and dad were fighting and then her dad left and it's all very complicated. But uh, yeah, I mean, she didn't even know her own name. So that to me, that story, I remember hearing that when I was younger and being like, well, then who gives a shit what your name is? Like, what does it mean then? Yeah, I changed my legal name when I was 19 purely because I wanted a more feminine name. That was it. I took all the paperwork, went to the registry, paid the money and changed my legal name to something I thought was cuter. So there you go. Is it expensive? It was about $119, I think, if I recall Yeah, right. Correctly. So no, and, it's um, not really. It's pretty cheap. If it's something and that you want to do. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And uh, the only thing is you then have to go and change your, you know, um, bank details and all that. You have to go into the offices to do it. Although these days, you know what? What's that, 13 mm. years ago that I did it? These days you probably just, I mean, I didn't even meet anyone in person to get a mortgage. I just took photos of all of my ID. So mm. who knows? It's probably True. even easier today than it was. Um, so yeah, a name. What's a name? Nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, mm. and that's where I, I don't know where this obsession comes from because it mm. doesn't really mean anything. You know, knowing what boring-ass name my parents picked out for me <laughs> doesn't say anything about me. That doesn't show you the real me. That doesn't, yeah. I don't, that doesn't do anything. So we, somebody sent us a, uh, a DM answering the question because what they had to say was a bit more involved than the little Instagram thingies. And I feel I feel bad because I'm sorry that I'm about to shred you, but that is what I'm going to do. So I'm not going to shred you intentionally, but it might you might not enjoy this experience. Sorry. So their message says, personally, as somebody who has spent time with sex workers as a customer, as a friend, and as a lover, I think it depends on the type of service being offered and the context. First of all, I would say, well, if you're friends with a sex worker or a lover of a sex worker, that's a completely different story. Mm. That's not a client. Like, obviously, my husband knows my real name. He is the lover of a sex worker. He's not my client. Like, the lines are really clear to me. So I don't really understand why there's a lack of clarity there. He says, I can appreciate that sex workers need to establish boundaries that they feel comfortable with, which is something that I completely respect. But, which I mean... You respect it, but, okay, mm. that's always always a bit of a warning sign. But if the type of service being offered is a sub-dom type arrangement, that takes time to build based on honesty and trust, then fundamentally I think that sharing real names for both parties is important. And I – Bullshit. I have to disagree. Yeah. I don't I, – I, yes, what? you need to build honesty and trust, but you don't need to know someone's legal name to do that. <laughs> Not Unless all. you're writing an actual like contract, like Fifty Shades of Grey style, which don't, don't take any tips from that. So, uh, yeah, I don't see why. Why does that help to be like, oh, good, well, your name's Sarah. Okay, yeah, well, now we I can, can have on. a sub-dom relationship with you. <laughs> like, what? Then he said, apologies for the rant, which, I mean, it was only two sentences, but... Apologies for the rant, but as you can probably tell, I've had some experiences both positive and negative with this question. The positive being either sharing real names up front or establishing this as a boundary to be respected. The negative experience being someone pretending that it was their real name and then wanting to date and having to come clean and confess their actual name, which kind of destroyed the trust we had built. Mm. Again, I call bullshit. As I said, one of my boyfriends, I've been with him for five and something years now, and a year into us dating, I found out that the name I knew him by wasn't his legal name. Mm. That didn't destroy the trust between us. I was yeah. just like, huh, cool, good to know. And, and you know, okay. I think if I were to end up dating a client, I mean, that I met them as Holly, so the fact that later on I tell them what my real name is and that happens to be different to Holly, then that's – expected and if in the interim I gave them a different real name until I knew I was not endangering myself or you know at some sort of risk of getting outed because that's why we have a fake name like we don't have to go into this whole thing yep. of the name is there as a means of protection um, and a range of other reasons as well but ultimately it often comes down to self-preservation and if you've determined eventually that you can trust someone and then you tell them your real name can you not understand that the reason somebody would have lied about it was not to deceive you or to mock you or to mm. belittle you, but it was for their own safety? I feel like that is 
Yeah. And I'm sorry this person feels like they were hard done by because of it or that their trust was broken. And that's a shitty feeling. But I feel like their priorities are a little bit messed up there. Yeah, definitely. I absolutely agree. I think you you put that so well. Like it, it is awful to have your trust broken, to feel that your trust has been broken. And I think that, I, sorry, I don't want to invalidate that experience of that person mm. because that isn't very nice. But I, I just question whether the the combination of letters that signifies a person's name is really that big a deal, Mm. I guess. But you know what? Before I started in the sex industry, I thought it was a bigger deal. And that has been a journey for me. I think a big part of that has been that I say this all the time for the last few years, I get called Jenna so much more often than I get called my legal name. You know, my husband and my partners call me babe or whatever. They don't address me by my name. A lot of my friends just call me a nickname or they just say, hey, like they don't, you know, a lot of people in your personal life don't actually address you by your name. I call you Jenathan or Jenheiser or Jen yeah, Unit, exactly. J, J Unit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Holly's just constantly making up nicknames. And all of my clients and a huge amount of my friends, because I have a lot of friends in the sex industry, they all call me Jenna. So I, you know, uh, when I'm in a public space or whatever, I turn my head to Jenna quicker than I turn my head to my real name. And that I, I remember being really like, oh, that's weird when I first noticed that experience. And it, yeah, at first I was like, oh, what does that mean about my identity? And then I was like, it literally doesn't mean anything. Who Like who gives a shit? It just means I get called that name often. Okay. Like it's it's really not a big deal. Um, and I think that's something maybe a lot of people don't realize is that we call each other our work names too. Mm. Like Holly and I, we know each other's legal names because we're obsessed with one another, but we call each other Holly and Jenna and, yeah. you know, and she calls Mr. Love, Mr. Love, and he calls her yeah. Holly. And we, like, we all, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it is. And it's the same with most sex worker relationships. Like I, I think we were talking the other day about how we feel like a lot of clients might have this perception that we all use our real names with each other, but I've most of my friends from the industry, we all use our sex worker names with each other, not for any yeah. other reason than that's because who we've identified as, and that's just what we're familiar with, and you know that's easy. It's yeah, and that's who we know them as. Like there's mm. a handful of my closest friends, I do know their real names for for a variety of reasons, and they don't. You know, Holly looks like Holly to me. That's who I, I'm looking at her right now on the Zoom call. And I'm like, that's Holly. Her real name to me doesn't look like, like, I, she doesn't look like a XYZ because I don't, I just, you know, that's not who I've known you as. But I always don't feel, I always feel like I look like an Emily. Do you feel like oh, I can see that? Yeah. yeah. My whole life I've been like, I'm an, it's so many times I get ready to say, and I go, Emily, like it's just in my head. Oh, you just feel yeah. that. How interesting. Isn't that weird? Yeah. I don't know. Sorry. I have tangent there. What but do I weird. look like? Do yeah. I look like a Mandy? No. I got dubbed the you two names be I've been given. Mm. Amanda. Yeah. It's more I'm like, you're a little bit too posh for Mandy. Yeah, okay. like, yeah. Well, the two names I've been, I've been dubbed by other people who have given me sex working names were mm. Mandy and Poppy. Oh, I do not and like I, for you. No. I did not identify with either of those at all. I do like Amanda. I feel like Amanda is a powerful Poppy. name. Mm. Okay. Be, all right. Mm. That's just because you're obsessed with Amanda Valentina. It's partly that. No, I, <laughs> I just feel like Amanda is a, is a, yeah, but I do love Miss Valentina. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, as you said, a lot of people in our lives know us as different names. And I, when I was a stripper, was known as Sky. And so everyone that I met during that time in my life and then beyond that, when I started working behind the bar and then when I was doing management, I just introduced myself as Sky. It was just easier and I still faced a lot of weird um, boundary pushing or people trying to invade my privacy a little bit, even when I was not taking my clothes off anymore. Uh, So it was just more comfortable for me to live as Sky. And to this day, people that I know from that time in my life still call me Sky. They know my real name. They know me as Holly as well. They know me as a variety of things, but they instantly revert to Sky because that's who they know me as and that's comfortable and that's also comfortable for me. I think it's really cute. It's actually really endearing and yeah. it just feels nice that they call me something that that I've chosen. That feels really sweet. Yeah. Mm. I met a friend of Holly's months ago who calls her <laughs> Sky 
And at one point, Holly had left to do something and this friend of hers and I were talking and she was calling a Sky and I was calling a Holly and there was just no weirdness about it. Like we both knew exactly – we knew we were talking about the same person, but to her, she's Sky and to me, she's Holly. And both of us also know her legal name, but Mm. she's not that to either of us. So, yeah, it just – it just works. It makes sense. And I think it's, I mean, how many people call their mates by nicknames? You know, people, <laughs> yeah. like that's really common. I think also people might be surprised to learn that it feels, because of the activist stuff I've done, there's been a handful of times where I've had to come across people I know's legal names because of like banking and government stuff. And it feels, I can't tell you how violating it feels. Whenever I have come across, I've seen someone's name. I'm like, oh, I didn't need to know that. Like, I don't want to know their names. Right. So they haven't given it to you. It's that you've seen it somewhere in the in processes and you've gone, yeah, oh, that's they, very personal. Yeah. 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 Obviously either, they've yeah, consented to it providing or, that information. Exactly. They yeah, know yeah. it's there and they know that yeah. I have access to that information sure, basically, sure, sure. but it's, it's not yeah. super direct, but it is, sure. there's a, there's consent there, but, but it just, I go, Oh, okay. Oh shit. I didn't want to know that information. I don't need to. Know. And I think that that's, that's really big in that sphere. Especially a lot of sex workers who do research will use different names because academia has a lot of whorephobia in it. So there are people who will write articles under different names, um, who will also do their sex work, who will do their activism under different names. A lot of people don't want to connect. You know, I do everything as Jenna and that's something that has a lot of potential negatives and that's, that's a big decision to make. So a lot of a lot of the activists I work with, I know them by a name that is not their legal name and it's also not their work name, but it's the name that I know them as and they're them and there's no I don't know, I just I just don't get the obsession. I just don't get mm. why I need to know what's written on their birth certificate. And you also understand that that's a boundary that they've set or some people set and that you don't want to violate that and that's such a sign yeah. of respect to to honour that as much as you possibly can in the circumstances. Yeah. A few of my clients know my real name and uh, a few of them will also know that I'm really, really protective of it. It's something that to me is, is like the final boundary and I am really open with everything else uh, and I know you are too, Jenna, in terms of my whole life my clients know like there's not much I'm not honest about or particularly raw about that happens or that exists in my life. But my name is something that I just like to hold close to me and I'm, yeah, I'm very protective of it. So when I give that to a client, it's intentional and it's a gesture of trust and it's a gesture of respect to them, but also it's just a, it's, it's a sign of affection from me. And it's, uh, if I haven't given it to you, it doesn't mean anything. It just means that it hasn't come up in it. You know, usually it's, there's a reason it has come up in conversation with a client. It's been in a picture I'm showing them or something. And I go, well, here you go. And I, and it's a gift to me. It's, it's something I give them. And so when somebody takes that from me or when they go looking for it, it's such a betrayal when somebody goes to find things out about me that I have not given them consent to learn it, it's just, it's really painful. It actually hurts and it makes me lose all trust because they don't respect that boundary. It's not a big boundary. It's a name. As you said, it's a couple no. of letters. I don't think I'm asking much. So, uh, so when someone can't respect that, it's, uh, it's sad. Yeah. As much as I say, it's not a big deal. It's just some letters. At the same time, if that boundary has been set, then it is a big fucking deal. Mm. It's symbolic. And you have to respect it? that. Yeah. 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 I think um, I'm I'm quite liberal when it comes to sharing my my given name. The reason for that is that if you had to, you know, if you had to, if you met a 33 year old white girl and you had to guess her name, you'd probably guess my name. It's just really common. It doesn't give away anything about my identity. So I'm I'm quite liberal with that. And quite a lot of my clients, I've either said it accidentally or they've come across whatever. But I'm much more protective about my surname. And a part of that is because I, I chose my surname because it, it's a name I took with marriage, which is weird because I never, ever, ever wanted to take the surname of a man. I was like, what the fuck? Well, I never wanted to get married. I never wanted any of that. But then turns out my husband has a really awesome surname. And I was like, actually, I'll have that. Thank you. It was meant to be. Meant to be. Well, yeah. And it was something I was like, fuck yeah, I want that. So I'll take that. Thank you. So I do feel protective about that. But yeah, I am quite liberal and, and quite a lot of my clients do know my name. What I find interesting, and it's this is partly my fault because I haven't, I don't usually explicitly explain it to them, but a handful of my clients, once they found out my real name, then they kind of insisted on calling me that. Mm. And as much as I'm not 
like I, I don't want to be funny about it, but it makes me feel weird. I'm like, what? No, I'm Jenna. Like, huh? Like it just doesn't, I don't know, it doesn't feel right. And it just, and I know that they're not trying to, to push a boundary because I've given them that name. But I think that they think, oh, we're connected on that level. And I'm like, I feel bad saying this, but it's just that I have a really common name. Like it's not that we've, we haven't connected on some special level. I just, in my case, you know, for a lot of workers, it's a huge deal for if they give you their name or they might be giving you a fake name. Who knows? You and I could be those people that are giving out fake names. Like, you know. Who knows? Unless, unless you've seen our birth certificates, who knows? But I, I just, I'm always like, oh, yeah. And actually somebody not that long ago, a client of mine, I told them my name and I kind of remember how it came up. Often it's because I'm like telling some story and then I'm like, oh, yeah, sorry, by the way, that's my name. Um, and towards the end of the session he went, okay, Jenna, I've got, I've got a bit of a dilemma now. And I was like, oh, God, what? And I, I fully was like, oh, no, he's going to tell me that he loves me. Uh, thankfully he did not. But <laughs> instead he went, you've told me your name now and I, so I'm, I'm not sure what I should call you going forward. And I was like, oh, brilliant. I said, oh, I'd rather you just call me Jenna, actually. That's what I'm comfortable with. That's, you know. And he was like, yep, cool, great. And I thought, that's perfect. Like, it's such a simple thing, but it it makes me think of, like, pronouns, for instance. Rather than going, oh, I don't know what that person is. Who do they identify with? Uh, uh, uh," Just say, hey, what are your preferred pronouns? You know, hey, what would you like me to call you? Brilliant. Perfect solution. He probably hasn't thought twice about that, but I just thought that was excellent. And he's called me a Jenna ever since. And that's great. Yeah, I love that. I uh, I was only thinking the other day, I had a booking with a client who I was thinking of it while they were talking to me and I didn't say anything at the time, but they've known my real name for years and they never failed to call me Holly. And that sort of says to me that they're always calling me Holly in their head because they don't have to stop and think about it, that to them, I'm Holly and they respect that. And that's just so natural to them. And it just feels really cool that, uh, that they treasure what I've given them and they are, they're well aware of it. And I've showed them things with my name or I've, I've talked about my real name so many times and they just respect my boundaries. And that's what it comes down to. They didn't necessarily ask, but I never said, Oh, well, you should start calling me that now. Yeah. So it's really Mm. nice. I think obviously erring on the side of caution in that sort of situation is nice. Um, so yeah, I appreciate it. And I expect that from any of my clients that I've told yeah. my real name to. I, I, I'm holy. I prefer that. And that's where I'm comfortable. Yeah. And I think there's maybe this idea that because it's a fake name, like it's not us or whatever, but they're the names that we have chosen. And we, you know, we do have a connection with those names and they do mean something to us. You know, it, it's not, we haven't just gone, oh yeah, just call me Jenna as a placeholder. Like that, that is especially those of us who've been doing it a long time. That's who we are. And I think, I don't know, I have seen this sort of move towards in the industry. There's been a few people that have sort of gone, I'm coming out as, as myself. I want to use my real first name as a sex worker. And, you know, I want to be, cause I need to be authentic. I need to be true to myself. And like, that's cool. If that, if that works for you, that's great. But I personally find that a bit of a concerning trend, particularly if there are people from the outside looking in and people thinking about getting started in the industry and kind of going, oh, well, maybe I could just use my real name. And anyone can. You abs- There's part of me that goes, I wish I kind of just used my real name since the beginning. But it's a very, very big thing to put yourself out there as, you know, a woman on the internet who gets naked to put your personal information out there. Like that's a huge, huge choice. And even if it's just a first name, like that is even, as I said, I'm quite liberal with my first name, but I'm, I'm not putting it on the internet. You know, I will tell clients in person, but it's, it's a very different story to sort of put it out there. And I, I frankly, I think it's marketing and that's cool. That's great. You do you, but the idea that using your legal first name or the name your parents gave you makes for a more authentic experience with a a client that it's just marketing I don't think there's anything to that yeah I think if it feels authentic to them and that's something that that makes them feel like their sex work experience Mm. is more enriched then that's totally valid and that's really cool because I guess that is what choosing a name 
uh, like part of it is, is you're choosing something that you, that you sort of commit to or that you stand behind. It's your, you know, your brand and that's, you know, that's all well and good. But yeah, I suppose, as you said, there are those considerations that you need to make, you know, for established workers, for sure, who've been face out for a while or who have family that they, that are aware of what they do and all those sorts of things. That's probably a more sensible way to go about it. But if you were just starting in the industry, I would, I would definitely use caution in that situation. I mean, yeah, neither of us would ever tell another worker what to do, but if it's somebody that's new and and not sure, exercising caution is always a good way to go when it comes to your personal information. Because I mean, Holly and I have both had experiences where that has been violated and, and we've been, you know, really put in harm's way. So we are coming from a place of, of experience. (laughs) So the other question we asked on Instagram was, what do you do if you find out a provider's name in a, so uh, not in the way that they've told you, but if you've, if you've come across them online, you see like a bit of a breach in their security, maybe you saw they've left, uh, I've had deliveries that have arrived Mm -hmm. and then a client's, you know, arrived after the delivery and I've been like, oh, that's my name sitting on the ground. Shit. Like, you know, things happen. And can I just say quickly, if you arrive at a provider's place and there's a parcel somewhere, just leave it. Don't. I know just you think you're it. doing. I know. Oh. You think, yeah, I know you think you're doing a really kind <laughs> thing to pick it up and hand it to us. And a lot of clients try to do that, but it's incredibly uncomfortable and it's just too easy to look at personal things on there. So please, just let us know. Pop in and say, "Oh, I think I saw a parcel out there." Let us, you know. But don't look at it. Leave it yeah. alone. Come on. Especially because okay. you don't know who they live with as well. Like yeah. for me personally, when that happens and it's a parcel for my husband, I feel so much worse. I'm like, "Oh, you've just." He didn't consent to that. You've just looked at my husband's name and he doesn't need to have anything to do with this. Like, oh, and yeah, they're trying to be polite, but it is so uncomfortable because you're just suddenly meeting this person. They're holding a box with your name on it and you're just like, oh, fuck. Can you just ignore it, please? So the question was, what should you do if you come across a sex worker's real name? The answers were pretty much all the same. Uh, Nothing. Pretend that they never saw it. Go about the rest of your day. Don't do anything. Don't tell anyone, even the sex worker, unless there is a safety issue. Forget about it. Pretend you didn't see it. Ignore that shit. Shut the fuck up. Uh, Ignore it like we do you and your wife when we come across you at Woolworths. Protect the person's privacy. Uh, Mind their own damn business. DM the person and say to remove it. Tell them where or how so that they can prevent it happening in future and then forget it. And I think, uh, yeah, I mean, I think we would agree with all of those, right? Basically, if you come across it, you didn't. Exactly. That's the <laughs> Yeah. If you see it, you just glaze over it and, and imagine you never did. And I've had, uh, I have had clients mention before that they've seen something somewhere and I'm like, all good, don't stress, move on. And that's it. Yeah. And it's not mentioned again um, because, yeah. as you mentioned before, uh, particularly with social media, I have a range of different fake names on different accounts. So yeah. I, my security is fine. Um, I don't mind people letting me know, uh, but generally, yeah, just keep keep Mm. moving but yeah if you do see something where you think oh shit this person might be vulnerable because of it or maybe they don't realize just how much of their public their personal information Mm. is public um you know and particularly if you are a client of theirs it probably is a nice thing to let them know not in an alarmist way don't call them 20 times don't send them a message calling them that name don't you know terrify the shit out of them just a quick message saying hey think i saw this account pop up on xyz or think i saw something somewhere that has you, you might need to adjust your privacy settings. That's it. That's all you need to do. Yeah. We've had quite a few messages actually from our patrons because on the behind the scenes content of our shows that we put up on Patreon, I will refer to my husband by his first name. And so that often comes out. And again, it's a really basic white man name, but (laughs) no offense. Sorry, honey. But um, we had quite a, early on, we had quite a number of patrons contact us and say, oh, just so you know, in the last behind the scenes that you put up, you've actually said, you know, his name or you haven't blurred it, you haven't beeped out his name or whatever. And that was a conscious decision that we made. So, but it was still really, I really appreciated that those people were looking out, not just for us, but for him as well. But you've also got to make sure that you are, like Holly said, don't freak them out. Don't be dramatic about it. But also you want to be really polite and not too snarky. Because I've received a few messages. On the one hand, I've received a few messages where they've been like, oh, X, Y, Z, 
And I'm like, oh, yep, you found my fake Facebook. (laughs) Great. Aren't you a fucking superhero? So that's just embarrassing for you because – they're, you know, they're kind of saying it as though they think they've got some dirt on me. And I'm like, no, you haven't. And on the flip side, you know, some of us do have gaps in our security that actually can't be fixed. Mm-hmm. And yep. that's because the the society that we live in is really unsupportive <laughs> with, with uh, privacy and stuff. Um, and, yeah, there are some gaps that can't be fixed. And I've also received some communication that's been like, um, you really want to look into, your, you know, sorting out your security. And I'm like, yeah, I've tried. I've contacted many lawyers. I've been like, I, I know. Like, I've mm. trust me, I've fucking tried. And maybe if you actually knew anything that you were talking about, you you might have an idea about how that actually can't be fixed. But thanks. Whereas if somebody politely had said, oh, just so you know, I'd be like, I'm aware, but thank you. But, you know, being a dick about it, fuck off. Yeah, exactly. It's important to be sensitive with these sorts of things because they can be quite confronting and they can put people in really harmful situations. Another thing is if you see somebody in the newspaper or if you see somebody Mm. on TV or in some sort of other setting that is not related to sex work, living their life, you didn't see it. And there's no need to message them and say, I saw you in the newspaper because they can't fucking undo that now. It's done. They're probably well aware of that. Yeah. I think we don't need to explain this to most people. I think most people understand tact, but it, it is worth reminding that, yeah, just yeah, take it easy. Definitely. So relevant situations that we've uh, found ourselves in regarding our, our real name getting out there. I had a, a little pet sitting business mm, about five years ago that was, uh, you know, burgeoning thing that I did for a little while. I ran it through an app. So at the time there was these a variety of apps that you could do pet sitting through. And I mentioned it to one of my clients and a few days later, he downloaded the app. He scrolled through it until he found me, which wouldn't have been easy because I wasn't in the same area as him because it was a location based thing. And Mm -hmm. he found my name and he sort of mentioned it and was sort of laughing about it. And I was just so turned off. I can't even tell you how unhorny it made me. I was like, yuck, like that's so rude. Yeah, I was pretty appalled by it. I strongly considered cutting him off. I had a very stern word to him about it. I said, delete any record of it, pretend you didn't see it, and we'll move forward like it never happened. Uh, and he was lucky for that because I was really fucking oh God, yeah. angry. It's the effort coming across. And this is – so I've had a few clients who have gone – I had a client the other day actually who came across a friend of mine's legal name and was like, I'm telling you because I, he didn't want to tell her because he was worried she would think he was creeping around looking for it or something. So I passed the information on. But coming across somebody's legal information is one thing. Downloading a fucking app and going searching for them, how do you not think, maybe I need to turn myself into police as a protective future thing? Like how, like something's wrong with you. you that's not okay. It's incredibly creepy uh, and I did feel really violated. I felt very sick and so I went about changing things to to make myself more comfortable. Anyway, to anyone out there who is thinking about stalking me on such apps, I don't (laughs) use them anymore. I wound that business up a long time ago, so go away. Because you're so successful as a hooker. Such a successful high class. Uh, Basically high class, yeah. (laughs) I love when people are like, I thought you were high class. Nope. (laughs) No, don't know where we've ever given them that impression. I have fucked up my marketing, clearly. And and the other one that really fucked me up, and this was, uh, it's just so gross. Anyway, this individual is long banned from my my services. He, uh, we actually did a deal and I love to do a deal. I love with my clients that have certain trades that are handy to me or, you know, I had a baker who baked me cakes that we used to have in exchange for sex. I love that sort of shit. I think it's fun. So I had this client who detailed his car one day and he did a beautiful job of it. And I was like, oh, my car is disgusting. Can you please do it? We worked out an agreeable deal that we thought was fair. And I cleaned all of my stuff out of my car for my privacy's sake. And obviously I forgot something or something had fallen down between seats or anyway. So he obviously found these documents. And when he returned the car to me, he made a point of the fact that he'd found them and that he'd read my real name and that now he knew it. And the tone was presumptive that like that, that was how he knew me now. And that was what he was going to call me. And he was like, so what do I, Mm. what do I call you? And I was like, well, No, you didn't see it. And I'm pretty appalled that you went to the effort to read it because if you see a piece of paper and you feel like you probably shouldn't look at it, just don't. 
just don't. You know, yeah. I think it takes yeah. a concerted effort to open it up and to have a look at it and read the name and, you know, commit that to memory. Yeah, so so I I was really uncomfortable for the rest of the day and for a few days after. And then continuously, well, like an idiot, I continued to see the client and this was only one of many, 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 many red flags. But he continued to say things to me for, for months like, oh, so, so when I send you this bunch of flowers, what name should I put on it? And I was mm-hmm. like, well, you've on- you only know me by one name. Why would you ask? Yeah. You only know what me as Holly. What is the holy. question? What, yeah, yeah, why are you asking this as a question? And Ugh. he would go, oh, I just don't know because, oh, and, you know, it was just there was a lot Ugh. of uh, manipulation by this individual. Uh, that could be a whole episode. It would be so mm. entertaining. <laughs> Do I want to encourage well, That would this be individual? giving him a little bit too much, I yeah, think. Yeah, we don't want to give him any, any more that. attention. But anyway, yeah. absolutely really unsettling and just betray. Like mm. he knew that I was not comfortable with sharing my name with him yet and and I hadn't and he took that from me and it was really uncomfortable but that was just one sign of many Mm. Mm. yeah the the example for me that springs to mind is somebody who I have a uh, an AVO out on which is a what we call a restraining order and the restraining order is in my work name which is something I'm very pleased to say it was really easy to achieve and I'm I'm incredibly grateful to the policing system and the court system for allowing that. I'm not grateful for much else, um, but in my case with that, they were really wonderful. But this person has breached the restraining order a number of times. Unfortunately, they've always done it in a way that there's no evidence of, so nothing can be done. But one of those times was that they they called me and left a voicemail. They called from a public phone box, though, so that's why there's no evidence of it. Um, but in that in that voicemail, they used my first legal name in a ver- like in a, a very threatening voice, like it like it sounded like a clip from a horror movie. And I just, uh, you know, as I've already said, that I give out my first name quite freely and it doesn't really having that doesn't really give you a a one-up on me but the fact like it was clearly used as a threat and it was um you know he he clearly felt like he had something on me and then he had something that would scare me um and that's what really upset me. So it, it didn't scare me, but it, it made me um, really upset that he felt that it would. It was a really intentional, yeah, it was a real choice to, to hurt me. And that's what I think, I don't know if some of these guys don't realise that, that that can be what they're doing when mm. they're throwing our names at us, that yeah. you're you're hurting us. And it's really not nice and it might be a fun little game to you or I don't know, whatever it is, an obsession, whatever. But I can tell you that the only outcome of finding out our real name it will either be a neutral outcome or a negative outcome. It's not going to be positive. You're not going to be rewarded. We're not going to think you're extra fucking smart. We're just going to be really turned off and probably want nothing to do with you. Mm. If I found out that you've gone looking for my name, I will these days – I'm done. That's it. I, yeah. I I used to ignore a lot more red flags. I think when I had various financial pressures on me, and this is, mm-hmm. as we always speak about the the benefits of privilege, and this is why it's even more frightening for workers who are at, at more of a disadvantage within the industry or who are less privileged than ourselves, because I can say no now. I can say that you've crossed a boundary and you've made me incredibly uncomfortable, but there are people out there who by doing things like that, you make them incredibly uncomfortable and they may not feel like they can continue to turn down bookings. So that's just a horrible thought to put someone in that position. And uh, Mm. yeah, I think that's something worth considering. Do you miss the free and affordable ads and social networks without all of the anti-sex rhetoric? Assembly 4 is a team of sex workers and technologists from Melbourne, Australia, aiming to bring back free and fair advertising and social spaces to the sex working community. Stepping away from the clunky design of traditional platforms, their two products, Trist.link and Switter.at, are refreshing and well-needed changes in both presentation and mission. And both are free to join and open to all. You can find both of our profiles on Trist, and I love how it is so clearly designed by sex workers. Yep, and I love how straightforward and easy it is to use and how much they clearly support the sex working community. And also how responsive they are when it comes to feedback and customer service. Check out their website, assembly4.com, for the word, not the number, for more info.
This week, our misconception is everything that sex workers say to their clients is insincere and only to make money. What's your take? Yeah, I mean, I think this is really silly. So I think the idea is people go, well, you can't say nasty things because then you won't get rebooked or whatever. And it's like, sure, I'm not going to say nasty things, but there's a really big spectrum between saying nice things and nasty things. I can also just not say anything at all. And that's where, like, uh, you know, I have occasionally had clients put me on the spot and they will say, oh, do you like my penis? Or is it, what does, is my penis normal? Or do you like me? Do you think I'm good in bed? And in those occasions, oh my God, who like you cannot guarantee that what I'm saying is truthful. If you have put me on the spot like that with a really fucking intimate question while you're paying me money and we're both naked, I cannot guarantee you I'm going to be honest. That is crazy talk. Why are you asking me those questions? But if unprompted, I go, fuck, I really enjoy having sex with you. Or I say, oh my goodness, that is a very nice penis. Or I say, wow, I really love how you do this. Whatever. Then I, there's no, I don't need to say that. I can just say nothing at all. So that's always my rule. If stuff's unprompted, I don't know, maybe I'm naive. When people unprompted give me compliments, I just assume it's legit and I just take it on board. And I think you should too. I think that was beautifully said. I don't think I can add anything to that. I would agree entirely. I am incredibly honest. I would say in in most things, I'm trying to think, have I ever sort of lied when I don't think people often ask me things like you know is my penis weird or they don't sort of put me on the spot like that much I don't get that it's not fun no I don't like it that doesn't sound fun but yeah I I do have clients that sort of say to me oh you you must say that to everyone about things that I Mm. say and and again I'm like Mm. well I, I literally just wouldn't say it like if if I like act like I'm pretty much obsessed with you, then I'm pretty much obsessed with you. That's <laughs> yes. legit. And if I'm yep. coming, then I'm coming. And if I'm not, then I'm not. I'll say to you, I'm not coming today. Like I just, I do or I don't. And if I say, yeah, we have awesome sex together, we probably do. So, yeah. and that I feel like when we say these sorts of things, it can come across really pick me. It can come across really like, I never let it. I tell all my clients they're great, but I don't. And what you get is what you get with me. If I if I love it, I love it. And if I don't, I don't. And I try to yeah. make sure we both have a nice experience and I try to always be polite and kind. But, yeah, if I'm, like, straight up saying nice things to you, then I mean them. And please, like, the more you question it, the more I'm like, well, f- can I say anything that you'll believe? I don't mm. know. Stop overthinking it. Yeah. I mean, I don't owe you compliments for our session. Your session is for the services and time involved. And if I'm complimenting you, that's because I feel like it. Yeah. If I'm not having a great time and I'm like, oh, I don't really want this guy to come back. I'm not going to say, oh, that was so good. Like I'm okay for money. Like I'm going to get other bookings from other people. I really don't need to butter everyone up. That sounds so wanky, but I don't. That's the truth. No, I was just about to say the same thing. Like there Mm. is perhaps an element of privilege at play here where, you know, if somebody is a a bit more in need of repeat clientele, sure, maybe they are going to butter them up more or if they feel like that, you know, I mean, yeah, that that may well come into play. Mm. But but then that comes back to that misconception that we are all desperate and that we will have sex with anyone who shows us some some cash you know and that's not not really the case and we yeah I I mean I've had plenty of bookings that I haven't given out any compliments oh yeah because there aren't any to give and I'm comfortable with that I can still give a good service I'm still smiling I'm still pleasant I'm still putting the effort in but I'm not yeah yeah exactly it wasn't wasn't a great session and well good luck that's it it's yeah yeah Our question of the week is, Holly and Jenna, is there anything that you thought that you would never do or like when you were first starting out in the industry that it turns out you actually love? Yeah, I've always been a a quickie fan, particularly when I worked in brothels. I hated when people would book an hour. I hated even more when they'd book two or three. I'd be like, oh, God, how am I going to sit with someone for that long? But now I love it when my clients book three, four five hours. It's awesome. I love it. I think, yeah, it gives me a greater chance to really connect and to hang out and have a laugh and not feel as frantic. I don't know what's changed for me. My perception of time now an hour goes so fast and I feel like Mm. it's barely enough time to get to know each other. It's fine. I still love hour bookings, but um, I really, really, really genuinely do enjoy long bookings now. That's definitely changed. 
Uh, what about you, Jem? Uh, I will give my answer in a second, but I, I feel somewhat similarly. And I, I was just thinking, I wonder if an element of it is our our experience in the industry, that we've been doing this a long time now. And I think we have the skills to entertain a stranger for a few hours. And I don't think I had that skill when I first started out. You know, that's something that I kind of learned on the job. And now I, now I can back myself. Like I remember, I remember the first time I had a longer booking that was sort of longer than an hour, an hour and a half. And it was a four hour booking. And I was like, oh my God, what am I going to do for four hours? How am I going to entertain someone for that long? You know, and now um, I've got coming up uh, in the new year, a 48 hour booking. And I have no fear about that. I don't Mm. feel like I, I know that I'm quite capable of managing that. I would agree. I think the experience, yeah, I think that's a a really uh, good point. Definitely. For me, uh, the thing that I never thought I would do is touring. I never thought that I would enjoy touring. I didn't understand why you would do that. And um, there was a fair bit of demand before I had done it. And people often from Melbourne, everyone was like, come to Melbourne. When are you touring Melbourne? And I was like, what? Why would I do that? Why? Like, why? I can just do it here. Like, I'm not going to no, I'm going to have to pay for accommodation and flights. It's just going to be a lot of like effort. I'll have to be away from home for a few days. Like it sounds terrible. And then through a kind of amusing set of circumstances, which I think I should go into on another episode, I ended up kind of having to go there and see a a particular client. So yeah, sorry to be very, very vague bookie about that, but that's that story. So I went to Melbourne. I did my first tour and I was like, fuck me, this is why you tour. Pretty much I just made a fuck ton of money. Basically, that's 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 why people do it. <laughs> um, and I really enjoyed it. I made bank and I enjoyed it. And I was like, wow, now I totally get it. Obviously, over the last two years, my touring abilities have been quite limited. And that has been quite upsetting and annoying. But it is what it is. But uh, yeah, now I consider myself somebody who, when I can, reg- regularly tours. And it's definitely not something I thought I would enjoy or want to do regularly. It's that time of the week when we do a massive thank you to our patrons. So thank you. This week we have a new giving somebody and that is Carling. Our even more generous somebodies are Timmy, Andrew, Adam Smith, Lachlan, Sub London, Miss Billy, Nora Knightley, Leslie, Scott Watson, Andrew, our secret admirer, Margaret, Wheezy, Ellen, Liam, Fritzia Tits, Catherine, Mr. E and Scott C. Our extremely generous somebodies are Aaron, Andrew, Pete, Amanda Valentina, Sienna Saint, Brino, Adam Moore, John T, Nick, Wombat, Harry and Josh. Thanks so much for joining us this week and please mind your own business when it comes to our names. <laughs> we, we, we are Jenna and Holly and that's as much as you need to know and that's probably a lot more than a lot of people get to know of us. We get to uh, share some pretty special things with our clients under these personas. So that's, yeah, let's, let's value that. Yeah. Yeah. Brilliantly said. Cool. Bye, everyone. Bye. Please look out for us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook and Patreon. Our name everywhere is Somebody You Pod, as in podcast. Our Patreon starts at just $3 a month, and you can get all of our episodes ad-free and a day early, plus bonus episodes, behind-the-scenes action, bloopers, and more. Thank you for taking the time to listen to the voices of sex workers. And remember, somebody you love might just be a sex worker.